God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So uh, I'm reading this headline here, and it says, Global billionaires' wealth increased by $4 trillion during the pandemic. Huh? <laughs> and then I'm reading another story at the same time. At the very same time, uh, it says that the middle cr- class has been decimated by what we've been seeing. Well, we knew that, that this was going to happen, that this was going to be a war of the haves and the have-nots. And the middle class were stymied because of all the regulations that interfered with them being able to do their business. I mean, in the, in the article you posted up there about the middle class, and that's a global article, you have examples of people in Bangkok where... They used to have, you know, huge lines for people coming to purchase juice or something, you know, fresh fruit juice. And then suddenly there's no line at all. And why is that? There's no tourism. Why is there no tourism? The pandemic and people have less money. I mean, so, you know, and then, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure some of this out. Yeah. Restaurants are struggling because they can't, they're at 25 percent capacity. So loads of businesses are shutting down and people are not earning what they were earning before. Right. Over at Zero Hedge, it says government's global response to COVID has absolutely decimated the middle class. Yeah. But you know who else has gotten rich? Who? Wokeness. Um, The uh, Marxist woman uh, that was heading up the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. There's an article posted where she purchased millions of dollars in homes in the last couple of years for... In California, I believe. So apparently there's a and lot one of... And in the Bahamas. So apparently there's a lot of money in advocating for poor people. I guess what you're, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I spend very little time, you know, looking at the Derek Chauvin case. Yeah. I was trying to not think about that anymore. Well, it's just... But it got so politicized. It was analyzed every way upside down last year. You know, it's... How much more can we do on it? 
Well, <laughs> well, it's I watched a I watched a body cam from one of the police officers, mm-hmm. and when I watched this body cam from the police officers, about twenty five minutes, and um, one of the police officers was cited in a Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota uh, newspaper. And what struck me about that was that it seemed so routine and benign. I mean, the fact is, is that uh, when he was saying, uh, when uh, George Floyd was saying he couldn't breathe, Mm -hmm. uh, that was a situation where he actually could breathe. He was getting into... He was saying he couldn't breathe when he was asked to go into a cop car, mm-hmm. like into the back seat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he becomes claustrophobic. But yet he was sitting in a car when they found him. Right. Right? When they when they picked him up, he was sitting in a car. Yep. Wasn't claustrophobic then. Then all of a sudden this guy that is sitting in a Mercedes that's uh, owned by a, a, a friend of his... Um, wasn't claustrophobic there, but then has to get into a back of a cop car, and all of a sudden it becomes claustrophobic, and to the point where he says he can't breathe. So he was on major drugs, and he can't breathe, and refuses to sit in the back of a cop car. Yeah. <clears throat> Even with the window open or the door open or whatever, just have a seat. Yeah. Right? Get off the street. You're passing... Uh, uh, you know, forged, forged uh, money around. And all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's one part where the police officer's cam shows that the knee was on the shoulder blade mm-hmm. uh, the way it was supposed to be. It was a different angle completely yeah. than the one that we had seen on TV. Right. And um, it did look like a normal routine. And for the most part, he had been talking for a mm-hmm. long time, saying he couldn't breathe. Um, but then there was a point, and that's where I think that they're going to get him, is they're going to get Chauvin, is there was a point where all these people standing around say, he's not moving, you're killing him. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't check. So they were checking the pulse. Mm-hmm. And somehow, apparently he had a pulse. Yes. But to me, uh, if he's not talking, not breathing, I would have said, are you all right? Yeah. Or I would have gotten my knee off his, you know, shoulder or yeah. neck or whatever of it was, course. right? So there was this period of time of sheer negligence. Totally. Now that being said, Derek Chauvin served how many how many months? Probably about a year. Yeah, at least. So the idea is going to be this: I think that it, the um, prosecutors asked for too much. Yeah. They, they, that's the biggest complaint. Mm-hmm. is that they asked for third-degree murder, second-degree murder, whatever it was. And so they they asked, they bit off a little bit more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be able to get, like, first-degree murder. Yeah. First-degree murder is premeditated murder. Second-degree murder is accidental, but you, you meant to do it. Uh, third-degree murder is probably where you can you can get to that point. I think what they asked for was second-degree murder. And... Um, I could be wrong about that. So, Well, the second-degree murder is generally defined as intentional murder that lacks premeditation. It's intended to only cause bodily harm and demonstrates right. an extreme indifference to human life. Right. Now, now if you want to um, help me out here, 
Check out uh, what the charge was against Derek Chauvin. What are they charging him with? Like, is it second-degree murder or third-degree murder? I will double check. And by the way, while she's doing that, um, while Leonora is checking that out, um, I'm going to say to you that our call-in system is down. No longer can you call in to the station at 215-TOP-TALK. Our 215-TOP-TALK for the Scott Adams show is down. Uh, It's going to be down all day, I'm sure. Uh, I got on today to turn this thing on. It was completely broken. And uh, what it is, is we have to tap into a cloud-based system. The whole cloud-based system is down. Now, whether it pops back up again, I have no idea. I have no idea whether they're... But I called the tech support numbers, and those numbers were down. Uh, And I'm beginning to think that maybe the call-in system company that serviced us... Uh, went out of business or something. So I I have no idea what is going on yet. I just discovered it this morning. So um, the call-in system as we know it is down and uh, until we get uh, another solution. So we're going to be figuring that out. Um, That's the the one part. Now, you know, um, one of the things I wanted to say too about, we're going to get back to this Derek Chauvin thing in just a moment, but Do you recall how long it's been since the Scott Adams show has been talking about the middle class? Remember when uh, I got back from Italy and I said I was on a train and I had this thought and this I've told this story a thousand times. And most people that listen to the show will acknowledge that I've been on this probably more than any other show host in America. And that is this whole thing about the middle class. If if you have, and how many times have I said this? If you have a strong, vibrant, working, independent thinking, middle class, if you have that, you cannot have socialism. You cannot have government control of your of your of your elections. You cannot have government control of the people, or you cannot have government control of your religion. Um, you know, and then we talked about just recently one of our liberal um, friends uh, that we spent some time with um, was talking, was born in another country, and all of a sudden this person says, Well, of course, we didn't have religion because we grew up in a communist country. And I said, That's interesting because you grew up in a, com- you're born and raised in a, com- a communist country, religion wasn't part of your life because you had no freedom of religion. And the communist country uh, that, that uh, doesn't, doesn't want you to have a more powerful figure in your life, in your mind, than them, they themselves. So the government you know, wants to be the almighty. And that's why when you see bigger government and you see Nancy Pelosi and all these different um, people rising you know keeping control of their power all the way up until their death i mean they have their thing their their death grip on power they won't let it go until they breathe their last breath i mean you take the guy cummings in in baltimore corrupt as the day is long died while in office i mean these people are taking their job to the grave that's not public service, folks. That is that is a zest and a, a zeal for power. 
And what they do to you is that they control you. They try to tell you that they themselves, they alone, can help you. Now, there was a guy that said, I alone can fix it. And that was Donald Trump. And in fact, he did. You know, one of the great things about Donald Trump, one of the not so great things is it's been reported that he lost money while in office. The first I'm not president, surprised about that. The first president, that was a report uh, that came out. President Trump's wealth and worth has decreased since he took over this endeavor of serving the people. So he's the first president in history. The other, But the other part is this. Now, he did move from New York to Florida, but he moved to his house in Florida. And he did away with his place in New York because, number one, that penthouse that he was in was worth a lot of money. Uh, and, uh, and he wasn't welcome in New York anymore. He couldn't walk the streets in New York. Certainly, that's not feasible. Uh, he's got to be surrounded by a compound and Secret Service now. You can't just go out into the street and walk around the city of New York. You can't go to, you know, dinner out in New York anymore. You're President Donald Trump. But the mayor himself painted Black Lives Matter, that Marxist group where everybody at the top brass of Black Lives Matter got rich to the point where they're buying four millions, millions of dollars of homes. And in addition to that, um, they hate the man, right? They hate capitalism. They hate America, this Marxist group called Black Lives Matter. But yet they donate to Act Blue. So naturally, and the New York Attorney General is going after President Trump every chance she got. And she, she was an endorser of Black Lives Matter. She was black herself. And shame on her for, for taking her job and spoiling it the way she did. She's the Attorney General of the state attacking a citizen. And so often that's been happening, where these people in power are going after these 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 innocent people. You take what's going on out in St. Louis. Uh, the woman that was actually trying to prosecute the Koloskis, or I think is what their name was, something like that, uh, that were defending their yeah, home the against, standing in front of their against Black Lives Matter thugs. Um, uh, now she became mayor, I believe. She, yeah. she, she won the election. But the point is, is that President Trump, you know, okay, you could say George... Uh, her, George W. Bush went back home. Yeah, he went back home. He did, but he also made millions off of speeches. Right. Um, and why is it the Republicans do that, right? The Republicans go back home because the Republicans can't uh, be something that they're not because they wouldn't get away with it. The media would call them out on it first thing. But Clinton didn't go back home. He didn't go back to a little, little place called Hope in Little Rock, Arkansas. He didn't go back home. He went to Chappaqua, New York. He went back. He went to a place that's one of the richest districts in the whole world. Bedford Hills and Westchester and Mount Kisco and all these uh, little towns up there are super wealthy. Super wealthy. He went back and to, to, to what? The carpet bag their way and snag a a Senate seat from Patrick Moynihan, who was dying of cancer. 
And so they took that opportunity. There was only one person that could stand in their way, and that was John Kennedy Jr., and he ended up dead. Well, well, the reason why they went back, and the reason why Obama—I mean, didn't, didn't go back, but uh, was—and Obama didn't go back—is because they were enriched by being the president. The people who came into the presidency and already had wealth, in well, some ways, and, went back to their former. And lives. they went back to speeches. So, so Obama made more money, and Clintons made more money than you could ever imagine after serving two terms each. And, you know, I have a, a poll up on the RedStateTalkRadio.com website that you need to check out. It's really hilarious. Uh, I'm going to go to that poll, as a matter of fact, just for the heck of it, because it's so funny. And if you go to the homepage and you just scroll down just a little, <clears throat> it's this big, huge uh, poll. Uh, I encourage everybody to fill it out. And it's basically... It says, who's the best president? President Donald Trump, dressed in his suit, Mm -hmm. red tie, make America great again hat Mm -hmm. on. It's a picture poll. And then there's the next next candidate. Clinton wearing Monica's blue dress in the Jeffrey Epstein painting, (laughs) wearing red Uh shoes, no no less. And then there's a picture of Michael's husband, Barry. Uh, That's a... yeah, Barack Hussein we get, Obama. We, we get it. Um, riding his little tricycle, his mm-hmm. little bike with his little helmet, you know, with his knees together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a picture of Mr. Photo Op looking through the capped binoculars, George Numbnuts Bush. So George Bush is looking through a set of binoculars, mm-hmm. and the caps are still on yeah. it. And, uh, and all these military people standing around. And then there's a... Um, Joe Biden, we call him the masked weirdo named Quid Pro Joe. Now, I know what the uh, result is, but the, it was just a, a fun attempt at putting up a new poll because we have these new polls. Yes, the right? polls are fun. And we have a lot of polls over at buglecall.org as well. So they're fun and they're engaging. And what we're trying to do, folks, really, uh, obviously, is we're trying to build our newsletter list because we're going to be sending out some information for those who want to be part of our organization. And that's the buglecall.org, magapack.org. You make the choice. You make the choice between what 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 uh, army you want to be on, whether it's the Magapack Army, the Bugle Call Army, the Red State Talk Radio Army, and the no Scott rule, Adams Show Army. And there's Army. no rule about against joining all four armies. You can join all four. <laughs> all four <laughs> armies. Yeah, that would be that. You know, and the bigger our numbers are, the more formidable we look. The bigger our numbers are, and we know we can get the numbers because we see what's happening every day. Uh, one of the things I could actually share with you is this, um, just to give you an idea, and that is. I encourage anybody who uses a Chrome browser. Do you use a Chrome browser? Yes. Okay. And did, by the way, did you get the Derek show? Yes, I did. Okay, I got it a long on, time on, ago. Hang on. Just, just uno momento. <laughs> we, don't want to, we don't want everybody to forget what you were okay. talking about. Uno momento. <laughs> I'm on a roll today. Hold on. Um, low, your, your mic is up. Are you well, man? Yeah. We'll okay. figure out what you're doing All over right. there. All right. So here's the thing. All right. So um, uh, what was I saying? You were you were could instruct people on how they can look they can look oh. up uh, 
a website's ratings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so use Chrome browser, right? Yes. Okay. So you use a Chrome browser. I recommend getting this thing called, um, it's an electric traffic widget. Okay. It's an extension that you can just install. It's not dangerous. It's actually very legit. And what you can do is you can actually see the ranking on various websites uh, in terms of website traffic. And do you know that redstatetalkradio.com and buglecall.org and magapack.org and scottadamshow.com are pretty much the best in the industry? Like, if you look at our ratings, so it's, again, it's called the Alexa Traffic Extension. And all you got to do is Google that. If you're using Chrome, you'll come up on it. It'll be an extension. You install it. The first time you use it, uh, it'll ask you to activate it. And then you activate it. And then every site you go to, whatever radio station or site you you decide you want to go to, uh, you could just click on that little blue thing, a little blue icon, and you can see the traffic rating. Our traffic ratings are through the roof right now. Yep. So that's an amazing thing. So we're really happy about that. A lot of people are engaging. We got over a 1,000 um, people signing up for our newsletter in just the last few weeks. And I want to thank um, a woman who donated to us uh, who um, told us ahead of time you know, that she was going to be signing mm-hmm. up and once we get our, our, our wheels turning. Mm-hmm. And her name's Ginny. Yep. Uh, Virgi- she goes by Vir- well. She goes by Jenny, but her name's Virginia. Right. And she sent us a really nice donation, yes. and that was nice. But she had signed up, and then I had, uh, actually we get a lot of people who sign up, and we get a lot of people who uh, offer up donations, and that's nice. Um, but this was one where I actually had a personal encounter with you know personal interaction, and uh, I thought I would mention her on the. Uh, on the on the air all right so all right Derek drum Chauvin. roll please all right so Derek Chauvin is charged with second degree murder which is what we were describing yeah, before see. okay that's the point all right let me finish yeah. He's, he has three charges second degree murder third degree murder and second degree manslaughter those are the three charges and okay. the case is still happening so yeah, second degree manslaughter now that I don't know what that is um Okay, so I think he could be. I think he could be convicted of third degree murder. Um, Second degree manslaughter is when a person continues with a reckless act that they are aware of committing, and they conscientiously, they consciously disregard the potentially fatal risks involved to others. That's that's where where he's guilty. That's second degree. He's manslaughter. exactly guilty of that second yeah. degree manslaughter. Now, what's third degree murder? Third degree murder. Okay. I'll I should have you. looked this up before Well, no, I'll the read show. you the exact definition. That's why I'm looking yeah. it up. Uh, or, I mean, I can speak to it, but I'm, I'm not going to say the exact definition. Third-degree murder. Hold on. And while she's doing that, um, uh, yeah, like I say, uh, for people who've just started listening in on the show, and uh, if you're calling in, the call-in system's down. Um, and uh, we've gotten a couple of people that are texted in. Um, the... Uh, the calling system is down right now, uh, so uh, and it's. I have no idea what's going on with it, but the company that we use for the call-in system, they're. I mean, they're down. Their website doesn't come up. Uh, wait, their website comes up. The phone numbers are down, and uh, and I think that they might be going out of business. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. But 
So third degree murder is basically manslaughter. It's intentionally harming someone, but not expecting the victim to die. So to understand them all in context, oh, then that's let, not it. Well, that's... let me repeat them. First degree is premeditated. You stalk someone over a few days and yeah. plan their murder. Se- uh, second degree is is intentional, but not to the same degree. And third degree is manslaughter. You really did not think second degree with second degree you. you you uh, you intend to murder them, but you didn't. It wasn't premeditated. It's more immediate. Whereas third degree is is essentially a murder that happens by accident. But okay, you did then, intend to harm them. Yeah. No. And I I say um, because he's a police officer. Yeah. He can't be charged with third degree because yeah, you intend to take somebody and contain, restrain them. Right. But intending to harm them, he just sat there with his gloves uh, hand on his hip. Yeah. He wasn't trying to hurt the guy, but he had the knee on the neck. For, what was it, nine minutes? It was a very long time. Okay, so what he's guilty of, because I saw the whole tape over the weekend, and I saw it from a different perspective. I saw it from the police officer's body cam sitting behind him. Now, read that one again. Which one, third degree? The the least amount. Third degree is manslaughter. No, no, no. no. The uh, uh, second degree manslaughter. Uh, third de- all right, hold on all right. a second. Third, so it was third degree manslaughter. What were his charges? His charges were... Second, third, and what? Okay. okay. Because it's the third one that I'm trying to get to. Okay, one second. You read to me the three charges. I did, but I moved on to something else, so hold on. Okay. All right. And it's that one that he's going to be found guilty and of. And that's the more complicated one to explain. Okay. So he was so he was charged with he faces three charges. Hold on. Okay. Second, are, third, and, and what? Third degree manslaughter. What? Third degree manslaughter. Okay, so second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter? Um I think it was third I think it was third degree manslaughter. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, in any case, I think it was second degree manslaughter. I'm sorry. You're right. It's second degree manslaughter and second degree manslaughter. Okay. What I'm reading here is in order to convict Chauvin of second degree manslaughter, prosecutors will need to show beyond a reasonable doubt that he that he was culpably negligent and took an unreasonable risk. Those are the key words with Floyd's life when he restrained him and that his actions put Floyd at risk of death or great harm. Prosecutors do not have to prove that Chauvin's actions intended to cause Floyd's Floyd's death, only that his actions put Floyd at risk of death or great bodily harm. This charge carries a presumptive sentence of 41 to 57 months. That's just the second degree manslaughter. Yeah, so that's the one he'll be charged with. Likely, yeah. So 41 months, and how many months has he already served? But probably 12? It's been about that. I think, yeah, yeah it's been about that because I, I think the trial was over. Maybe even wait, less. Wait, wait. No, no, no. It was less. Yeah. It was May 25th. That was the date of the event. It hasn't even been May 25th yet. So it hasn't even been yeah. a full year since this yeah. happened. So Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's... Uh, a lot of time on Derek Chauvin today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. More time than we ever wanted to spend yeah. on uh, Chauvin. That's for sure. Um, but I want to get back to this whole thing about... Um, well... I want to get back to the COVID thing because there's so many um, interesting factors. The rich have gotten really, really rich off of this. Okay, that's number one. Um, And number two, 
the middle class have been decimated. And I've been saying since the beginning of time that the middle class, if you have a strong, vibrant, working, independent thinking middle class, you're going to be solid as a country. It's sort of like having a business where you have lots of customers. You, you don't just have one big cash cow. If, mm-hmm. if the guy, the, you know, if that com- company decides to leave you, you're, you're done as a com- corporation. It's like having a diverse portfolio. A diverse portfolio. So middle class gives you a diverse portfolio, said the banker. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a very few, if any, financial outlets have been more outspoken over the last decade about the harm that governments can do micromanaging and in the case in this case shutting down economies than we have been um which is why we weren't surprised to see a brand new report noting that due to the pandemic and the ensuing global stimulus response more people than ever are falling out of the middle class published by bloomberg the report defines middle income earners as those making from $10 to $20 per day smoothed out across geographical borders. Those making 20 to 50 per day are considered upper middle income. Wow, that's 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 absolutely strange. No, it's not strange. It's yeah, 10 to $20 per day is middle class. You would think that that would be per day or per per hour. That's what it's saying here. These two brackets may make up two and a half billion people or about 33 i'm sorry is that a global statistics yeah if it's a global statistic it makes sense because you have to take into account the differences in global economies right we're about 33 percent of the world's population and of that group are numerous stories from numerous countries of what bloomberg calls hard won successes that evaporated overnight all right so the outlook for the future doesn't look promising either. That's why I think there's going to be um, a stock market correction. Mm-hmm. I think that the stock market's hot right now. I actually think that the housing markets are really hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that both of these are going to correct because there's just not enough wealth in the world. The wealth that is, uh, is prevalent right now is stimulus wealth. Mm-hmm. It's it's printed money wealth. Mm-hmm. It's it's that kind of thing, and um, there's a there's going to be a market devaluation uh, coming. There's just no way to get around that. So I mean, the thing is, is that the globalists got what they wanted. They got the to decimate the middle class, and that that's what's been happening. And there's a chart associated with this article where they they literally they talk about. Um, uh, developing nations got hit really hard, and again, that's the the, the thing about that is is that you, that's exactly what you need to actually um, target. Yeah, if you're going to achieve uh, the kind of um, the kind of wins that you you achieve. By the way, inc- incidentally, the vaccines. Yeah. So all these scientists, for example. Like everybody's now coming out on board with Fauci's a dummy, right? <laughs> Fauci's a dum dum, but um, that's because he can't figure out why Texas is doing so well. Yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, that's an. I don't know how that. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with that. You don't know anything, Fauci, except for the fact that everything you've said has been wrong. You know, a lot of what he said, and 
you know, then they promised us 15 days, then they promised us 30 days, then they promised us um, distance and masks, and they told us once that masks didn't work, then they then they did. They told us that the virus is asymptomatic, uh, doesn't spread if you're asymptomatic, but then it does. And many people, there are scientists, slipped up and said, no, asymptomatic, you're not spreading. Right. If you're if you're not if you're asymptomatic, you're not spreading anything. It's sort of like what we've known about the flu. Mm-hmm. But the idea is is this is that Johnson and Johnson, for example, is showing a sixty six percent efficacy rate. Well, and it's interesting because now people have the option of looking at the test centers and deciding where they want to go based on what vaccine is being offered. So it's becoming more something that's in the consumer's hands, which I'm happy about that. And if you because they will say between this day and that day, we're offering Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, whereas people are all talking that Pfizer is the more effective vaccine. So you can look around and say, okay, where can I go get Pfizer? You know, so so that 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 to me is a positive development that we are being armed with more information about the vaccines and where and where to go and and get them. And the other thing that's happening is more people are receiving their communications that they are eligible to register for the vaccines. Now, I think some of the communications have been a little confusing because in some cases you're limited to, to test centers that might not even be very close to where you live, but um, whereas there are other ones that are closer and for some reason you can't go there, but it, it, it all had to do how, with how they configured it in the first place. But there are also now this greater availability in pharmacies um, standalone pharmacies and pharmacies that are in supermarkets, like all right, we, you know, we're in Virginia. You could go to a Harris Teeter and get the vaccine. I mean, that things like that are happening, and you can read ahead of time and see what vaccine are they offering there. Right. So, so we'll see. I mean, I mean, <coughs> and, and you know, as we spoke on the show last week, the combination of herd immunity, increased vaccination percentages, and warm weather will help stop this virus. So then at the same time we're talking about middle class being decimated. Yes. Uh, there is global billionaires wealth increased four trillion dollars during the pandemic. Global billionaires so as as the S P five hundred and Dow Jones soared to new closing records on Monday, even as New York State is reportedly on track to adopt a groundbreaking state wealth tax. The latest effort by Andrew Cuomo to distract from the twin scandals over sexual harassment and female aides uh, of female aides and his office's efforts to cover up the uh, number of COVID deaths in the state's nursing homes. The Institute of Policy St- for Policy Studies has published the results of its latest review of billionaire wealth. Unsurprisingly, given the tremendous rally in asset uh, prices over the past year, the 2,365 billionaires living on planet Earth have seen their wealth increase by a collective $4 trillion, a 54% increase over the span of a year. Put another way, total wealth held by billionaires ballooned to $12.39 trillion, up from $8.04 trillion. 270 billionaires were added to the institution's, uh, bi- institute's billionaires list i.e. the Trace Comma Club during the uh, Trace Comma is uh, for those who need help with their French. Uh, three commas. Uh, <laughs> Trace Comma. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Leonora speaks fluent uh, French. Of the nearly two and a half thousand billionaires tracked by the Institute, 13 billionaires saw their wealth soar by more than 500%. The Institute grouped, though it's, I mean, I just think it's, I can get into this, and this is, this is an interesting article. Members include Elon Musk, who I think actually earned his the hard way. Right, the hard way, yes. Um, and he also is saying he's not going to take a vaccine. But a lot of these people, I think, have benefited um, simply because there's been a wealth redistribution mm-hmm. and, uh, and the stimulus money uh, has gone directly to help them. Um, you got like Su Hua uh, from China, also a co-founder of video platform and live streaming apps. So there was all kinds of like stay-at-home yeah. billionaires. Uh, basically, this was a whole new business. You know, a whole new business metric. Yeah. The people that started Instacart, you couldn't ask for a more dream opportunity than if you were DoorDash or Instacart yeah. or Uber Eats yeah. or Uber and Lyft or whatever it is. And it's funny, but it's not funny. Uh, but the governments themselves have really gone out of their way to help these industries. Um, and so naturally, I think that the evolution is that just like just like social media giants and big tech wanted open borders because it's good for their business and bottom line, the more people that come into the land of Internet, like the more people that are migrants that come into America – uh, where they're getting the most aid, they're getting like fifteen thousand dollars to our fourteen hundred stimulus check. Exactly, and you know, I just want to make a point about this list that you. Which just... means that they get access to the internet, they get access to computers, which means that Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey are happy about that. Absolutely, because that expands their base. I just want to go back to the point you were just making with this list of thirteen uh, com- thirteen uh, individuals who made an exorbitant amount of money uh, during the pandemic. Five out of the thirteen are Chinese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's that's an interesting statistic. I, I, I would want to know how many people are Chinese that actually were introduced to the list. Yeah. So. Those were, was that the list of the list you have here? The yeah. list that's in this article. You, five out of the thirteen are the of the people that are this five hundred percent club. These oh, individuals whose wealth yeah. whose yeah. wealth increased at least five hundred percent. Five of those thir- are, are Chinese. Now there are some Americans in there, like the person who started uh, Quicken Loans, Dan Gilbert. You know, but there but there are wonder a lot of. He, and, wonder why he benefited from that. Uh, well, I think Quicken Loans might have been, I think probably maybe people needed more short-term loans and other things. And then the guy who started Coinbase, chief executive of Coinbase, I don't know if he started it, the chief executive of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, and the guy who, um, the pers- I, I shouldn't keep saying the guy, that sounds inappropriate, Bobby Murphy, uh, the founder of Snapchat. He, his wealth increased significantly too, you know, in terms of Americans. And there's some people from Singapore and Hong Kong on here in Korea as well. Oh, and by the way, Snapchat was a. Uh, I think that was a. No, no, I'm thinking of TikTok. No, yeah. no, no, you're thinking of TikTok. Snapchat was founded by Bobby Murphy and his Stanford fraternity brother Evan Spiegel. So the so that right. was an American company. Uh, the name sounds similar: yeah. Snapchat, TikTok. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. Uh, what's the point? Buck Sexton writes this. He says, "There's no greater proof of lockdownerism as mass hysteria 
uh, as mass hysteria than all the people flaunting their refusal to lead normal lives after getting a vaccination that is 95% effective against a virus with a baseline that's 99% survival rate. If that is if that's not safe enough, <clears throat> there's no such thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, think about that. You got a virus that's 99% survival rate. Mm-hmm. And you have a vaccine that's supposed to be 95%. Yeah. And I guess of those, Pfizer is the one to get. That's what everybody's saying. That's my saying. public service announcement. If you're going to get a vaccine, which I don't want to get one, um, but if you're going to get a vaccine, and re- remember, I, what I'm saying is I don't want to get one. That doesn't mean to say that I'm not, not going, going to, to get, get one. one. You'll and, go kicking and screamings, but you'll probably end up well, going. Well, because <laughs> it goes against everything I believe in. Uh, I am very much opposed to the whole concept. I don't get um, flu shots. I don't like to be forced to do anything I, I, I don't um, get because flu Because of shots. the Bill of Rights yeah. says I should not be forced. Right. But they're trying to say, well, then you become a health risk. Right. And I don't like that argument because they created the argument. They first created it. Yeah. And, and then they're, they're now using it as a weapon. Yeah. They created this a scenario. See, the COVID, the COVID pandemic, the part that I had, the biggest problem I have with it is that the government's response was the only response in town. Yeah. Meaning that these losers, these stupid idiots that came out of the woodwork and actually got to control people's lives to the point where Gavin Newsom, for example... Newsom neutered again. Supreme Court blocks California's restrictions on in-home religious gatherings. Yeah. Right? When my religious freedoms are attacked, and when my First Amendment is attacked, and my Fourth Amendment has been under attack before COVID. Yeah. Okay? I mean, Barry Satoro, Barack Hussein, whatever you want to call him, Michael's husband, um, when they were wiretapping James Rosen and his family, or the Associated Press, or even Angela Merkel. I mean, when they were wiretapping everything that walked, and then when you get this big tech that actually consumes your information, sells it, and then bans you for your beliefs, and then when you have them speaking rhetoric, like Twitch, Mm -hmm. who's owned by Amazon, that says, we're going to go ahead and evaluate your behavior outside of our platform to see whether or not we allow you on our platform, I think is, is you know I understand they have uh, they're a private organization, and if you're going to be a face on there, and you turn out to be, you know, Charlie Manson, maybe they don't want to be associated with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get their prerogative and their perspective, but on the same token, where does it begin? Where does it end? I mean, the idea is, is that at some point, you're going to. Um, be in a situation where Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, is going to actually block you from watching your Prime movies. It's They're going to block you from two-day shipping. They're going to block you from walking into Whole Foods and getting the discount. You'll have to walk in anonymously with a wig and a <laughs> fake mustache. Hiding out at Whole Foods. And that'd be Leonora. Yeah. You're going to have to walk into Whole Foods with a wig and a fake mustache. Why would I wear a wig and a fake mustache? Because if, if they consider you to be unworthy 
of their platform, which mm-hmm. I can't imagine Leonora <laughs> uh, being that person. But okay, you know, you're going to have to walk in under uh, disguise. You're not yeah. going to be able to use your barcode to get the discount. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's crazy stuff, you know. And uh, there's a case. There's a situation right here where Gavin Newsom is neutered again. Why does he? Why is he overly zealous about religious gatherings? When when all these other types of gatherings might be okay, like Big Bird De Blasio in New York said Black Lives Matter burning the, the play, house down or painting the street in front of um, Donald Trump's house is okay. Some things are worth the sacrifice, yeah, but others not so much. I just think uh, you know, obviously, it's the hypocrisy of it all that that gets me. And there's a story I posted on my social media about that, about the hypocrisy of it all. And um, and the other thing is, let's see, I was looking this up. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I am going to read a couple of these tweets because they're pretty good. So this guy, his name is Effed Up Mike, right? And he says... The irony that the people who scream my body, my choice, are the very same people who shame you for not getting a vaccine. And then they're talking about hypocrisy in Hollywood when it comes to COVID, guns, Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to uh, climate. Climate, they're flying around in private jets. Guns, uh, which they oppose. They they're, have their own private security. Yeah. Well, no, it's not just that. It's like, look at every movie. There, yeah. There's um, a guy with a machine gun killing everybody right. with a gun. Right. right. They do more killings with guns mm-hmm. in Hollywood mm-hmm. than anywhere else. Just look at a Tarantino film. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's all kinds of guns and all kinds of shootings. And to get to the set, they flew on a private jet. Yeah. But yet they want to preach to you about these things. How yeah. about Me Too? Yeah. And Harvey Weinstein? And all the womanizing yeah. and 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 rape and um, the uh, the casting couch mm-hmm. stuff that goes on in Hollywood, the hypocrisy among the left is like at at a record high. I mean, you take a look at what Nancy Pelosi did in the yeah. studio yeah. in the salon, right? Yeah. They say one thing and they do another. How about Gavin Newsom himself at one of the most expensive restaurants, being seen caught? Without a mask, yeah, not engaged in social distancing, spending a lot of money, and I think it was with uh, a group of people from a, a healthcare company, right. sort of a lobbying event. It was, I mean, it was a birthday party, but the people that were that were there were, you know, part of that industry. So Fox News reported at a closed door Mar-a-Lago speech last night, Trump called McConnell a dumb son of a bee and a loser for not doing enough to defend him during the February impeachment trial. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then Stacy Ray wrote this. She says, the difference between humans and animals, pay attention. I'm listening. Now this one, folks, this pay attention. This one is a good this. one. It's a good one. This is a really good one, okay? Stacy Ray writes this. The difference between humans and animals, what do you think that is? I know the answer, so I'm not going to respond. All right, the difference between humans and the difference between humans and animals? Animals 
would never allow the dumbest of the herd to lead them. So are they referring to Joe Biden? <laughs> well, if they well, are, Joe, Joe isn't really leading us. Yeah, well, so. Joe Biden, I don't feel like he's leading me anywhere. Yeah, I don't okay? think he's really leading us. I don't, I, I watched, I saw a, um, he gave a speech, mm-hmm. and uh, it was on um, one of the, because um, I, I think that they artificially blow up certain yeah. ones, yeah. right? But there was a couple where um, it was a big company, like a fairly big, uh, reputable company. I can't remember who it was. And it had 28 views. Yeah. Nobody is paying attention. No, nobody cares what he does. Nobody is caring about this. Meanwhile, you got um, uh, Kamala Harris sitting on a plane. Good days ahead, right? Yeah. Was this photo? Yeah. It was a photo op, right? So it was a photo op, and she's got a vaccine. So she's wearing a vaccine. She's got a vaccine that's 95% foolproof Mm -hmm. for a virus that's 99% uh, cure rate. You know, that that you stand hardly any chance of, you know, losing your life over it. And then um, 99% survival rate. She's got a 95% vaccine. Yeah. She's sitting on a private jet flying, you know, with all these HEPA filters and stuff mm-hmm. in the in the plane. And she's flying with a mask on. And that's the photo op she takes. Yeah. I just think that's absolutely absurd. Of course it's absurd. So Brad Palumbo writes, I don't understand how anyone's response to the last crap show of a year could be that we need a bigger and more powerful government. Think about that. Yeah. So Brad Palumbo writes, I don't understand how anyone's response to this last year could be that a need, we need a bigger and more powerful government. I can't either. Tim Swain writes, Trump spotted playing golf today with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah. That's according to the Daily Mail. That's kind of interesting. Um, and here it says, Migrant gotaways exceed 155,000 this year. So that's a high number. Now, one of the things is um, uh, Captain Numbnuts is what I'm calling Joe Biden these days. <laughs> Captain Numbnuts. Um, guess what his solution to the problem for the border crisis is that he created himself? He creates the crisis. Guess what his solution is? Tell me. To pay uh, would-be illegal migrants uh, money to stay home. <clears throat> you know, that's sort of like paying people to get good grades. I mean, that, you know, I've never... No, they, they, the Democrats came up with the one where it's, we'll pay you, criminal, not to, to not rob the, the bank. Yeah, yeah we're going to pay you. Every, for every month you stay out of uh, trouble, we're going to give you money. You know what? We, I Isn't call that extortion? That, that's exactly the word I was going to use. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's, I mean, that's exactly it. It's like paying uh, protection money. You know, so you're, it's like you're paying the mob. That's what You know what, what I call is. it? I call it social welfare. Yeah. Now we're social welfaring the entire population of the world. Yeah. Where does it end? It doesn't. That's the problem. So what are we going to do? Uh, I think we we're all, uh, the Democrats were going to do that with terrorists. Yeah. Hey, you know, and isn't that is a similar concept um, to the flawed? Uh, isn't that the isn't that the similar um, concept of uh, paying for hostages, 
right? Yeah. yeah. So if you pay for hostages, right, then you're rewarding. You basically, if you pay off the pirates that um, seize the ships, mm-hmm. like in in uh, the Phillips, uh, yeah, Captain Phillips, Captain where Phillips. he cut with the pirate comes on and he says, "I'm the captain now." Right. So I mean, the idea is is that you everybody knows you don't pay. You don't pay for that. Right. Right. As soon as you pay for it, you've opened up Pandora's box. Now yes. it's become a cottage industry. So you don't do that. But that's what they're doing. They're actually making that same mistake. But they won't spell it as that. To pay people to not, to pay people to do the right thing is, is such, a, such a terrible thing. So everybody in the wor- working middle class, everybody in the middle class USA can decide, okay, well, then I'm going to make my buck, too. Yeah, yeah. I want to go out and start breaking some windows. Right. Yeah, and uh, so pay me not to break these windows. Yeah, here's a rock. There's a window. What are you going to pay me to stop? Yeah. Well, that's about what it's come down to. And that's pretty frightening that that's where we're at is we're we are and now we've got we've created a border crisis and we're going to stop it by paying people not to come. I mean, again, where is this money coming from? I mean, you know, this is all our taxpayer money. We're now paying. We encouraged illegal immigrants to come here and now we're going to pay them not to come here. So you're adding up the money we spent on on trying to stop them, the money that we spent on once they got here, we took care of them and now you got to add in the money that we have to spend to have them not come so it's just a bottomless pit when does it end and what about the people that are here what about the citizens what about education for the students that are here but yet there are children that are illegal immigrant children through no no fault of their own they're in this country suddenly they're getting in-person education but the children in the neighboring community are still at home doing zoom it doesn't make any sense yeah Biden's latest scheme to fix border crisis, paying would-be illegals to stay at home. I posted that up on uh, the Scott Adams show. Uh, It's over at buglecall.org. You can check that out. Nine of Hollywood's biggest acts of hypocrisy, China, Me Too, guns, climate change, and more. And again, it's just, it's the liberal way. Liberal hypocrisy at its finest. And, uh, I was just going through to make sure, make sure we, we got everything we wanted to say today. Uh, whoops, my mic's falling apart. Yeah, you better be careful so, with that mic So again, there. if you've tried to call in, and we did get some people writing in saying our call system was down, um, all I can tell you is we're going to be working on it today to try to find a solution. I have no idea what I'm going to come up with, but... You'll come up with something. We'll see, we'll see what happens. All right, well, you, we've come to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out our podcast over at scottadamshow.com. And check out buglecall.org and magapack.org. Sign up for the newsletter. Enjoy the polls. What we're trying to do is build a coalition one way or the other to try to fight back against the kind of tyranny that's happening against our middle class folks. That's what, what this is all about. And the only people fighting for it are you and me and Leonor and, you know, us. Us. And the oh. people that are doing this radio station and radio, um, we're all fighting back against the power elite. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonora Cravetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. The mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to their knees.